A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're live, pal. I didn't mess it up this time. <laughs> Welcome. One take. One take. First try. Welcome to the Russell Talk podcast. I am your jam that champion and host, Tempest. And this, of course, is the wonderful and lovely Sat E. Nyangi. And we're here to review the return of Bray Wyatt to Friday Night Smackdown and Rampage, of course. Make sure that you get in your Ultra Chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll be reading out all the ones that are five US dollars and above before we get through the end of the show. And we will be leading with, of course, the most important news coming out of this show, that being the return of Bray Wyatt. So, Sat, your initial thoughts. My initial thoughts. Before I begin, yes, guys, I'm like Brock Lesnar. Just turn up when I want to and do shows on a Saturday. It's good to be back. Um, all I can say is, wow. Wow, indeed. Wow. My first impression was wow because, when, in the words of a great wrestler, when we think we have the answers, they change the questions. And Bray Wyatt, indeed, if you, if you told me, what do you think Bray's going to do? I don't know. Call out Roman Reigns. I'm finished business with Seth Rollins and you know Braun Strowman. Ooh, spooky promos about white six. Mm. Never in my bingo card would I have a heartfelt promo from the heart from Wyndham Rotunda, aka Bray Wyatt. It was great. It was compelling. It was everything it needed to be. I think so much has happened in the last two and a half years that he needed to address it. He needed to say thank yous. He needed to be human. And I felt a bit closer to him afterwards. Oh, how sweet. How sweet. Yes. So Bray Wyatt, of course, they did a little, an interesting little tease throughout the show where Hit Row was making their entrance and the the Wyatt 6 logo type thing popped up on screen for a brief moment. At one point during the show, they said, Bray Wyatt, up next. He was not up next. That was... Excuse me. Listen, I was doing my notes and you went to me. He's not coming up next. He's not. Makes sense. We're like halfway through the show and I'm like... That's the main event. Yeah. The halfway through the show. And then Damage Control came out, and I was like, that's not Bray Wyatt. That's not Bray Wyatt. But eventually we got to the main event segment, and Bray Wyatt made his entrance complete with new song and the old Spooky Lantern. And he came out, and he cut a very heartfelt promo. He said that 
you know, over the last year, two years, he's lost everything, whether it be his, his career, his self-confidence, and he would have people come up to him and say that his word saved them, but really it was the fans that had saved him. And it was really heartfelt, very different from anything that we've seen Bray Wyatt do to this point, because Bray Wyatt has always been a character of some sort, whether it be the cult leader, the spooky voodoo magic man, or the fiend, Mr. Rogers, whatever it may be. He's always been doing a character. This felt like the first time that we had seen Wyndham Rotunda on screen, but it was all, again, by design, because he makes it all the way through that promo, and he's about to thank everybody for what they've done, and he gets interrupted by himself. The screen cuts out, and it's Bray Wyatt with his new spooky mask on. Apparently, it's called the Uncle Howdy mask backstage. I don't know if that's going to be the name of the character or what, but... It's something, something to go off of. And he says that we don't know what we're dealing with, but we will. And then the show cuts to black and that's the end. It's in a very abrupt ending to SmackDown and it felt different. Now, Luke and I sat on this show in the Blackpool Content Club uh, podcast that came out yesterday. You should all go and watch that here on Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's good. It's real good. We had a very fun discussion about what this could be, what Bray Wyatt's reintroduction could look like, because we didn't feel like you could just go back and rehash an old character. Bray Wyatt, the appeal to the return of Bray Wyatt is, well, what's he going to do? It's going to be new and creative and whatnot. And I really felt like this was kind of akin to the fiend Mr. Rogers Bray where there's maybe going to be some sort of split personality thing going on, but on a much more human level. If it is Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt, being a very heartfelt, emotional, real person, and then on the flip side, you have whatever this new spooky masked man is going to be, I think that's really fun. Well, you mentioned before about The Fiend and the Mr. Rogers character. What we never got was the battle between the two characters. They seem to be coexisting. Mm. Or the Mr. Rogers version of Bray Wyatt was dormant because he was sometimes like almost hints at that he doesn't know what destruction he's done as the fiend. Right. So we never got that far. And also Paul Wyndham Rotunda to come up with so many different great characters than for it to die on ice. So hopefully this one, he can see the vision through the end. And like, like, like you mentioned, the person on the camera, like the big spooky guy was indeed Bray Wyatt. They're, they're doing a new thing. And you said Uncle Howdy going to be the name of the character. I think it might be the names of the mask. I think we mm. may get multiple masks because uh, there's a new film that come out with Ethan Hawke. It's called Black Phone. Yep. So Ethan Hawke's character, spoiler, if you want to watch Black Phone, please do not listen to that description of the character. I won't talk about the film, but a description of the character. When he's happy, he's got a semi-mask where you see his face. and he's So basically, he's got like a bit of a split personality. Kidnaps a kid, mm -hmm. locks him in a dungeon, but sometimes he feeds him, but he's also waiting for the kid to escape so he can beat him up with a belt. So when he's happy, you see he wears a mask where it's much more happy. And when he's sinister, he's with the bottom part of his mask is more sinister. So I'm wondering if um, Wyndham Rotunda watched Black Phone and was inspired. Mm. And he's like, you know what? I need a mask so when I'm, I'm good, it, it shows that it's conveying I'm good. And when I'm doing bad stuff, it conveys I'm doing bad stuff. Because there's also rumors that there's also going to be an Uncle Harper. Mm. I mean, you know, maybe you know, benevolent Uncle Harper, like, you know. Old Brody Lee there. Who knows? But that's just a theory I'm going off because I watched Black Phone. Good film. Check it out <laughs> if you're a horror film fan. But yeah, it's just a theory that he's going to have a couple of masks, which represents how he's feeling. Kind of like when he used to have those hurt and heel gloves on his mm -hmm. hands. 
It's interesting because, again, as I said uh, with Luke, I really enjoyed Bray Wyatt's character the most when he was like the cult leader, where he wasn't superheroed out with magic and hocus pocus nonsense. No offense to anybody who likes the supernatural stuff. You in can't pro beat wrestling. me. You can't beat me. I got full healing powers. You can't beat me. You like kids, innit? I've got super cloak. <laughs> I can cover myself. You can't pin me. <laughs> But in his original character, he was just a man who was good with his words. He felt more human in that sense. And that was what made me connect with that character. And I got a little bit of that same feeling here, where it wasn't the same thing. He wasn't this silver-tongued devil, you know, having an influence over people. Even but it was... Even how he talked. I mean, yeah. you could tell straight from the heart. There's times when he's almost rushing and mumbling his words because he was caught up with emotions. And I was also thinking, man, he really does have a southern twang. Yeah. I was convinced that, yeah, it's from Florida, but it, it's thick. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Bray White's... I, I don't know, because... I don't re I don't remember Husky having that thick accent, but that's a whole different story. I'm <laughs> all of those you. all of those promos that Husky Harris cut, every single Ferrari tank it. engine, the Ferrari tank engine. Never forget that. So it's it's interesting though to see where this is going to go next. I think this was a great example of yet another like appetizer segment mm. where it satisfied people that wanted a bit of an answer as to where we're going to go next. It was step one. We've been pointed in the direction of where we're going, but it isn't the whole journey by any means. We haven't gotten all the answers to what this is. It's led to a lot more questions, as you mentioned. I think that's really fun. It's a really good way to keep people coming back. Would you be mad that if the, the feud that he has is with himself? I mean, I don't know how you book that match, but... Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I don't know, because the fact that he said, I'm coming out as the real me... Was that meant to be like a one-time thing? Mm -hmm. Or is this a beginning of a broken Bray Wyatt finding that spark again that he lost? Because I'm trying to figure out if the Firefly Funhouse being deserted is meant to mean like he's broken and deserted and he's find mm. the spark and the magic again? Or is just a case of like one-time thing, let me fake the fans and then let's let just kickstart what this thing's meant to be. I I think it would be a lot more fun if this split personality thing was kind of a running deal. And maybe not in a sense of like feuding with himself, although they could do that. But one of the things that Luke and I said was it would be a really good idea to really establish and flesh out this character before he starts having matches. Okay. Because... I don't necessarily need to see him wrestle anytime soon. I am much more intrigued if we did something similar to the Mr. Rogers Bray Fiend thing where he showed up after WrestleMania and didn't wrestle till SummerSlam. Like if we don't see Bray Wyatt in the ring for a while and really give us a chance to figure out what this character is, I think that opens up a lot more storyline opportunities than if he just jumps into a feud with whoever it might be next week. Ooh. But like Bray Wyatt is kind of like Marvel. Uh, you have your theories and, mm -hmm. and you read into things. What did you think of his new theme song? It was fun. You know. I don't know, man. I, I, his old one, the, the theme He's had one, good music. He's so had good tough. music. But this one, I don't know. It, it, it took too long to start to get mm. to. You can't have that entrance every single time. Right. I feel like they have to do a WWE remix version where you just get straight to the point. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Talking about. Where you just get straight to the point. Kind of like when Edge had the, the Rob Zombie song. It's just, ah, get straight to the chorus. Yeah. So who knows what he's going to have next week. But yeah, to, to wrap up what you were saying, it was great to see a different side to, to Bray Wyatt. 
And it was great to break the monotony of what you think he's going to bring to the table. I'm excited because it added more to SmackDown. Because mm-hmm. we've been talking about how Raw's been well, but SmackDown, if the bloodline's not involved, outside of Sami Zayn stuff, the women's division is kind of weak. Uh, there's no B-plot storyline they do have with Karrion Cross, but it's really not working out because they're still trying to find a, a groove for Karrion Cross at the moment. So it hasn't really worked as a B-plot. But having Bray Wyatt back, bookending the start of the show with the with the bloodline and bookending it with, with Bray Wyatt at the end, you have an ingredient for a great show going forward. So I'm excited to see what SmackDown has to offer. For the first time, you're like, I can't wait to watch SmackDown. What mm-hmm. is this thing with Bray Wyatt? That's the, what you need. The SmackDown roster over like the last two weeks has been overhauled to a great degree. And we'll get into it as we go on through the show. But mm-hmm. between like Bray Wyatt, Rey Mysterio, now LA Knight as an in-ring performer, like Adderdale Fantasma. Braun Strowman. Yeah. There's a lot to like here on SmackDown. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, let's hear what you thought about the Bray Wyatt return and new character. Of course, get your Ultra Chats into WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We're going to be reading out all the ones that are five US dollars and above before the end of the show, just like this one from Hannah Allen saying, hello, lovelies outside of the ring moment to moment. I can't get enough of this Triple H style of storytelling. It just feels special again. Bray really hit the feels weird finishing that way, but I honestly feel trust for them again. Lots of love, LIW for life. It's a great point. It's, you know. We, we talked a lot about AEW for a long time, having that, that built-in trust and that benefit of the doubt. And 
Of course, it is a process getting that back for WWE, mm. but a good track record and continuing to build up that good faith with WWE and their fans, it goes a long way to being able to take this ride and be like, yes, I'm interested in what happens next. Don't feel like the rug's going to be pulled out from under you. No, and also Bray Wyatt, where he loves his storytelling, he's the mm -hmm. kind of guy that remembers things. I was impressed that when we initially had The Fiend, the whole goal of The Fiend was to get revenge for all the people that took that cult leader, Bray Wyatt. That's great. That's a great basis for a few that I've never heard of before mm. until they rushed giving him the title, which kind of put the wrench in that storyline progression because there's always been talk about where did The Fiend go wrong? Easy answer giving him the title straight away, yeah. putting him in a title situation. Uh, both Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins both came out of the situation not great, but it's been talked about enough articles. But yeah, I'm hoping that this time with Paul Levesque, Triple H in charge, uh, Wyndham Rotunda can finally have a character he can hang his hat on for a few years mm. without him being, uh, uh, you know, cut off from the knees and starting all over again. Because he said it, he starts again and all, all the, in that promo he said that, I started to think everything I did in the WWE was meaningless because mm -hmm. it's true because he put his work into his heart and so into it. And in the end, like, yeah, you're just too much money or you're just difficult. Of course, he's human. I got to him. So I'm happy that he had that moment with the fans, with people that supported him and that he can feel the love. And now let's kick this storyline off. Hell yeah. Yeah. Charles Berg says, are we getting a split personality, Bray? This one who is either unsure or at odds with his other side, uh, other side of him. Like with the Wyatt, like the Wyatt Six isn't his faction. It's the other halves faction, or it's a bunch of fragmented personalities, like the Horde and Split. That's actually a very interesting idea. If the Wyatt, like kind of combining what you said about the different masks and everything. Mm. If you just make that the Wyatt Six and have it just be six different versions of Wyatt's personality? That could be fun. It, it could. Or we could have Sister Abigail Wyatt. Could. So, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we're not going to be getting Bray Wyatt in a, in a dress, in a rocking chair. Thank God that never happened. Yes, yeah, so thank God someone got ill or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it didn't happen. I think he got the mumps. Yeah, I think God was like, that's too much for me. I must intervene. Nope. You got mumps, bro. And when you come back, you're going to forget it ever happened. Never happened. No Halloween pumpkin demon. No uh, yeah. wearing your, your mother's curtains all over your head, Bray Wyatt. None of that crap. This is nonsense. Jarvis V says, Wyatt reignited my love for wrestling. Even if his rivalries ended bad or his character terribly changed, I never blamed him. I He always got me back in with his next character. He's a genius. And last night, his promo moved me to tears. I'm all in. Hashtag thank you, Bray. It's hard to disagree, honestly. He is a creative genius, and it'll be very interesting to see what we get out of this one. And Liam Leonard, we'll do one more for now. Liam Leonard says, hi, squad. I just want to say he took a uh, he took a generic thank you fans promo and made the twist to make it his own. He uh, We missed Bray's mind because we never know what he will do. Whirlipede squad, roll out. Jam that jam. Absolutely. Whirlipede squad for life. Thank you very much, Liam Leonard. Appreciate your support. It's going to be very interesting to see where all of this Bray Wyatt stuff goes next. But for now, we will get into the rest of SmackDown. Which was a car crash. Lol. Which, honestly, <laughs> I 
I enjoyed both of these shows. I'm going to have a lot of positive things to say about SmackDown and Rampage. And if you're looking for the edited review and our news episodes, it will be going out after the podcast. We haven't forgotten about it. We're still training up our, our new editors. It is a process. So bear with us. It will be coming out later. That's today. not true because I'm speedy. That's why I'm faster than the news. Shoo, shoo. This, this is Flash. This is Wally West over here. You see me? Where'd he go? Oh, oh my God. He's so fast. Anyway. <laughs> So we open this show with some vehicular manslaughter, or attempted vehicular manslaughter, From rather. Window. We don't know, Sat, because Karrion Cross starts this show with just being pulled out of a car wreck, basically. And just as he's being pulled out, Drew McIntyre attacks him. I'm not sure if Drew McIntyre... It's, he's if a it's, coward! I don't know if it's implied that he's the one that hit Karrion Cross with a car, but he tried to, like, slam his arm in a car door, but was pulled away before he could do it. Interesting way to start SmackDown. The parking lot is the most dangerous place in Triple H's world. I was about to say that. It wasn't before. Well, it depends with Roman Reigns and Rowan, the whole car situation. But yeah, now NXT has been taken to the main roster. So all the tropes mm-hmm. that you're used to with Triple H's NXT is now in the WWE. And one of them being random parking lot brawls. <laughs> but another thing as well, Drew McIntyre beat up a man that's clearly injured from a car accident. You saw Karen Cross, oh, my neck with his indie in the acting, uh, uh, my, my neck. You didn't hit someone with an injured neck. He was meant to be a baby face, but he's like, I don't care. They, they attack me. They spray stuff in my face. They chuck fireballs in my face. So if you get in a car crash, so be it. I'm going to beat his ass too. Hell yeah. It was an interesting way to start the show, but it did lead to something very tasty for later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. We'll get to it. Now, of course, we opened with our actual match, that being Kofi Kingston versus Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn and Kofi both got little promo bits before the match took place. Kofi and Xavier were really hyping up the longest reigning tag team champions thing. That record is very clearly the focal point of the Usos and New Day rivalry right now, as it should be. That makes the most sense. And then as they got in the ring, Sami Zayn was backstage with Jey Uso and Solo Sokoa, and he gets a phone call from Roman Reigns saying, take Jey Uso to the ring with you, and that's going to be a whole thing. And as you said in the office, the match itself, like, we've seen these guys kind of do their thing a lot. It was pretty standard. It was good stuff. Yeah. You know, they hit dives. Sami Zayn pushed Kofi Kingston off the top rope onto the announce table. It was good stuff. But the crux of all of this is whatever happens with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. And that held true. And we got to the finish of this match where they were eventually trading near falls. Jey Uso, or sorry, uh, Sami Zayn hit the blue thunderbomb. Kofi Kingston hit the SOS. And then they were both exchanging roll-ups, and Jey Uso kicks Kofi, rolls him backwards into Sami Zayn's roll-up, and he gets the win. Bingo. Interesting, interesting wrinkles here being added to this here storyline. Because they go to the back, and they're, like, celebrating. And during the whole match, Jey Uso is cheering on Sami Zayn. He is, like, you can tell he's not really happy to be there, but his job is to make sure that that guy wins. And that happens, and they go to the back. And I'm sitting there going, wow. That is really interesting because it would be so easy to just continue on and like have Jay cost Sammy the match and have it be the same thing that we've kind of been seeing. But this is a different direction. It even for just one week, you see that Jay Uso is trying to get on the same page. He's trying to build trust here. And now you shift the blame a little bit ma- a little bit more back onto Sami Zayn mm-hmm. because we had a backstage segment a little bit later where he was taking full credit for this win. And yeah. he was like, 
oh, what are you talking about? I, I did that. I did that. And he asked Solo Sokoa, he's like, and Solo Sokoa says, I didn't see Jay do anything. I was watching Sammy. I, I was How sh- do you do your brother like that? I was shocked. I was, I was getting ready for Solo to say, I didn't see it. I was in the toilet or something. Yeah. Or I was training or, you know, I was punching something, you know. But he goes, I didn't see nothing. I was watching Sammy. And I was like, yo, you did him dirty too, man. Doing his brother like that. This is such an interesting storyline, and it gets more and more interesting every week. Because it now throws a monkey in a wrench, because we all assuming that it's going to be Sammy and Kevin Owens dethroning Uso. Sure. And then there's, there's another theory that it's actually going to be uh, Jimmy and Jay are going to lose the tag titles, so maybe like New Day, to like mm-hmm. New Day are the ones to prevent them from breaking the record. And that's going to be like the final straw that makes Roman kick Jay out of mm. the group, and then Jay's going to be solo and... No pun intended. And I was like, going <laughs> to say, there's only room for one solo in this group. And then trying to get his brothers to leave the bloodline because he's not in there anymore. Mm. So at the moment, they're doing a good job of making us guess where the storyline is going because you did actually feel sorry for Jay for the first time since Roman mentally abused him. Yeah. It's been a while because throughout all of this, Jay has been the unlikable person in this thing because Sami Zayn has been playing his role so well. Yeah. But now here's a week where Jay Uso is the one that's been wrong. Mm. Ooh, I just love the story. Who's the protagonist? Who are we cheering for? I am so confused. I am cheering for plot advancement and I get it love. every week <laughs> and it's fantastic. Absolutely love this, uh, this whole deal. It was great stuff. Backstage, Triple H is walking up and he he gets interrupted by Rey Mysterio. And I was like, hello, you're not on this show. This is new and different. Right. Rey Mysterio comes up to him and says that everything that's going on with Dominic Mysterio, he just can't take it anymore. And he says he quits. And, Tra- and Trips is just like, no, 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 no. Come on. Don't, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Come into my office. And they go to get in their office. And they cut away. And I'm left. Okay. I'm thinking we probably get Rey Mysterio traded to SmackDown. I thought he was just going to ask to be traded to SmackDown. Like, listen, I don't want to be on Raw anymore. Just move me here. It's like, otherwise, why is this conversation not happening on Raw? Why is Rey Mysterio going to a completely new building and whatever? But this then plays into the show later on. And Roxanne Perez is backstage. She asked Raquel Guns out, whatever, Raquel Rodriguez to be her pick. Uh, as the pick your poison opponent for Cora Jade on NXT next week. Cora Jade and Raquel obviously have history together. That'll be interesting. That'll be fine. Um, you know, they're further integrating NXT into weekly stuff. I the, like the, that's that. That's what they used to do. Because if you remember, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just didn't pop up to the main roster. It was a slow integration process, mm. which they have to do. Because we now you now have seen, for example, LA Knight, he, when he first came out, he got innovation, but it wasn't a strong pop. Yeah. Because most people didn't know who he was. He's like, for, for a lot of people, Max went crazy and he's now calling himself LA Knight. For us to watch NXT, oh my gosh, that's LA Knight. But for other people, it's like, I don't know, this guy was, he had a modeling agency and then now he left his modeling agency and now he's calling himself LA Knight and he's beating up it on his own, you know, models. Mm-hmm. So they, there was no context. If you think yeah. about it, it was just, he changed. Triple H dependent on the NXT diehards to fill in the blanks. But if you're a casual fan, you're like, where's my promo package? Where is this history of this LA Knight guy? Where's his greatest promo? So I'd be mm. like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. LA Games, LA Knight's game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Where it was all of like that. It wasn't. It's just like he he relied on them to to know him. That's why when we get later on to the match, I'm glad that he, he did some course correction. Again. Right. 
Right. And we need more of that integration between NXT and the main roster to make that transition a little bit more seamless in the future. Obviously, Max Dupree was before Triple H took over, so he couldn't do that. But, you know, going forward, there's a lot more of it, which I like to see. Uh, Braun Strowman squashed a couple of geeks. Nothing much to it. He just threw one of them around. I want it to be, you know, I want it to be respectful. I actually put down their names. Uh, James Maverick and one other. No, no, no. You don't have to. Because Michael Cole said those two jabronis. I said Michael Cole calling them jabronis and I'm going to call them jabronis too. So Braun Strowman squashed a couple of jabronis. But afterwards, I'm so excited. You're excited. You know, okay, okay. This is why I'm excited. So Braun is back, right? Mm -hmm. But Braun has been back for a while, if you know what I mean. As in, he's been doing stuff. As in, he's just been wrestling. Mm -hmm. He's he's just been powerbombing. He's been coming out, being tag team partner. He's just been doing stuff. He's in his first feud. He is. And another guy, a guy named Omos, he's been on Raw squashing people. Weeks the Triple H forgets he has Omos. He's like, oh, Omos needs to be booked. Hey, squash another guy. Look adequate. Nah, close enough. But now you've got Braun and Omos in a feud together. And also, Braun knows that Omos is kind of the reason why he got fired. Because Vince is like, we got a giant. Fire him. Too much money. Omos will be ready in a year's time. And we're still waiting for Omos to be ready. But he will be ready soon. Yes. Uh, That's, uh, we will see. Not sure, but... Yeah, a good match. Wait, listen. No, no. We're not going to do this. Braun Strowman and Big Show had a good match. Yes, granted, almost is no Big Show. No. No, he's not. He's no great Carly Evo. So that's the... You know, there's, a, there's a bar, guys. There's a bar. I don't know where that bar is. I guess Undertaker is like the bar for the best, best uh, big man. Bar's in terms. way up here. Almost is And then not... Greg Carly is like... There's like a metric system. You can either be the, your best Undertaker or your worst great Carly. He's better than Carly. He can walk. That is a plus. It's a it's a low bar to to step over, but I don't know. We'll see. It's gonna be a spectacle, whatever it is. But I hold my reservations. What you that mean? It will be good. The World Wrestling Federation is back. Giants fighting. I've, I've listen. I haven't had this in a long time. Well, since Big Show and Braun Strowman's cage match. But still, this is what the WWF was built on. Big people smashing each other, you know, meats and slapping and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Big meaty man bumping meat. Yes, of course. We're all we're all very familiar. I am, but I just didn't want to say anymore because we all heard it enough. It's you know, it's kinda like it's kinda like when Bart Simpson, I didn't do it. After a while, you're like, I heard it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woozle wazzle. Woozle. <laughs> So we then had the in-ring return of L.A. Knight, who took on Mansoir, and this was the the introduction to L.A. Knight on the main roster. He was doing his trademark moves. He was getting people a little bit more familiar with him. He hit his finisher for the first time, which, you know, the announced team made sure to put over and said, oh, that's the BFT, the Blunt Force Trauma. Love it. And he got the win in a pretty standard match. And then afterwards, he did remind everybody that he is, in fact, still a heel. He said that all the fans that are cheering him were incels and he put the entire roster on notice this i thought was a pretty good integration of la night back into the smackdown roster and honestly there haven't been that many kind of mid-level heels on smackdown other than like baron corbin for the entire year and la night's better than baron corbin cuts better promos wrestles better matches is a different character but i'm interested to see what this now refreshed roster is going to look at with this guy involved first of all i will not accept baron corbin slander he's better than what most people say he is 
I'm actually looking, I'm actually excited that Paul Levesque wants to bring some edge back into Baron Corbin. If you're watching NXT, you know Baron Corbin, he used to have a winning streak. He was kicking a double S, kicking people's peaches. And then Vince McMahon made him a sports entertainer. So I can't wait for him to be get that grip back. And obviously his old music, end of days. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, true. <laughs> LA Knight <laughs> is more adequate in, in the role, in the part, and he could thrive. But at the same time, I feel like Gunter has such a chokehold on the Intercontinental title. Yeah. There's guys like Solo I want to see with the title. Mm-hmm. There's guys like LA Knight who look great with a title, who's never officially won a title. Million dollar, the million dollar title doesn't count because it's, un, you know, it's unsanctioned, like the FTW title. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see LA Knight win the championship. And I'm excited. I mean, the guy is 39 years old. If it's Vince McMahon, he'd be like, this guy is too old, put him in an old people's home. But he looks good, cuts great promo, it's adequate in the ring. Do something with him while you still can. When you've got like a five-year mileage left of the man while you still can. So I am excited. I am an LA Knight fan. It is LA Knight's game. I said it. Mm. We then had the big trios match between Raquel, Roxanne, and Shotzi taking on damage control. And I want Roxanne Perez on the main roster as soon as possible. I think she's one of the best women's wrestlers on the whole roster. One of the best wrestlers on the roster in general. She's fantastic she, she is but I, I would argue that it's weird i feel like nxt need her more because if once you take out roxanne perez who do you have who's mandy gonna lose to because it's weird i've been asking that for a year sat they could have figured that out already and by the way while we're at it i know it's not nxt anymore because got, I, got, I got canceled um why is mandy still champion I ain't got a clue, bro. It was meant to be a vacation. You should you should have done six months. Heck, Toxic Attraction, they, they look good on SmackDown. Bring all three of them up. Sonya's not associated with them. Make him a four-way. Make him a team. But anyway, back to what you're saying. Roxanne is better than Raquel. She's fantastic. I love Roxanne Perez. Yeah. She's just so good. And she got to wrestle like EO Sky and Bailey in this match. Those those exchanges, right? That was so good. It makes me excited for the future of the SmackDown roster. If she gets called up to SmackDown, fingers crossed, I want her on my show. I will appreciate her the most. LIW show. Our show. I want her on our show. I'm on the show too, guys. Sometimes. I'm like Brock Lesnar. Just randomly turn (laughs) up. You don't get any announcements. You don't get any forewarning. You just see me here. That's what we do here. L. Wait. L-I-W-4 live. Oh, he's done it. He's absolutely done it. Mm. I'm in. So this match was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, she got to hit a suicide dive to the outside. She took out Bailey. Shotzi tagged in. They got the heat on her before Raquel tagged in, and she made her comeback. She went to hit her, uh, oh, I can never figure out the name of it, but her powerbomb deal. You oh, know. it's the Chicona bomb. Yeah, that one. She hits that, or goes to hit that on the outside, but uh, Io hits her Asai Moonsault to take her out. Then Shotzi hits a high cross off the top rope, take her out. Everybody's laid out except for Bailey and Roxanne, and they start exchanging finisher attempts. Bailey tries to go for the Bailey to belly. Roxanne tries to go for the Code Rock, if they're still calling it that. Um, and eventually, Bailey just rolled her up and got the pin. And that was solid little finish. I, and you said it that Bailey didn't hit her finisher to get definitive pin. Bailey won with a roll up. Mm-hmm. That shows respect right there from the booking standpoint because it showed that Bailey had to win with the skin of her teeth. It wasn't that definitive, like I own you, Rose Plant. Yeah. That's still an awkward looking move, by the way. I think so, yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's a weird move. It doesn't, it's kind of like I created a move on on a on a on a SmackDown versus Raw video game and I couldn't quite figure out 
how the mechanics of it. Because even now when she does it, I'm like, is it meant to be a, like a leg, la- leg, Russian, reverse Russian leg, lariat, whip, famous up, DDT? That's a lot of moves one. you're naming right now. That's why when I look at it, it's like, what family do you belong in on the Wikipedia entry? Interesting. Yeah, I never looked at it that way. But yeah, I agree. I think this does a lot to protect Roxanne because you can beat someone from NXT. Like they're not on the main roster yet. So you can do this without hurting them too much. But even rolling her up is like, it shows that it takes a lot to beat someone like Roxanne Perez. So I like this match a lot. I thought it was really good stuff. Uh, We had Hit Row coming out for their deal. This is where the Bray Wyatt glitch showed up on the screen. And we got a recap then of uh, Liv and Ronda at Extreme Rules. And then we got the Viking Raiders vignette. So I don't know where this, this pacing thing came from all of a sudden, but sorted out. And then we got Hit Row against Legato del Fantasma. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's not brush in part. Look, Valhalla awaits. Sarah Logan's coming back. But mm-hmm. probably is thinking, right, is she just going to be called Logan or Sarah? It's not quite Viking of a name. I know they can't change it now because yeah. they, they need to give fans the connection with her. But I saw the black fingertips. Is she going to be like some sort of oracle, some sort of pagan witch? Call her Hella or something. Yeah, but I think it's going to be Sarah Logan. Just Probably, so, yeah. yeah. But the, I was looking more about the fact that her fingertips are black. Like, pagan witches have black fingertips. So for me, it's like, oh, she's going to be like the oracle for mm. the Viking Raiders. Uh, unless Scarlet's like, you're poaching my gimmick. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm excited that we're getting some... Like, Viking Raiders this year have been booked to their full potential. Someone woke up one day or watched Viking or, or The Last Kingdom or whatever and went, you know what? we got a couple of Vikings. We're not really doing much with them. Yeah, we did the whole Thor thing of them drinking and being happy-go-lucky. But what if we make them savages and they're beating people up? That's what we should have been doing from day one. But mm-hmm. you know what? They, they, they've gave him a, a new, a new you know, booking in the new Viking Raiders. Now because Triple H is taking over, he's going to make sure they stay in the new Viking Raiders because next year they would have been jokes or something because Vince would be like, yeah, that's not working. He's a big guy. Ivor, Row, whatever your name is, you're going to make me laugh. Go to cartwheels. Because Triple H is in charge, he's like, you know what? We've got the War Raiders. Let's do something with them. Let's make him something. Love to see it, honestly. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of them since they've been like... Valhalla awaits. It's going to be so fun. I am. Va- my, my belt. My belt. Hey, my, listen. My belt. All I want is to be is LIW. And I, I want to... I'm about... I don't want your belt. My belt. I don't want your belt. My belt. I don't want it. I don't want your belt. Stop touching the belt then. Oh, okay, I'll touch you. There you go. Yeah. Hey now, for life. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, we then got the Hit Row versus Legato del Fantasma match. And it wasn't really much of a match. They Whoosh. fought They fought on the apron, or not on the apron, on the, the entranceway. And Hit Row puts them back in the ring. Bell rings. We get a little bit of offense out of Top Dollar. And then just as we're starting to get going, Santos Escobar pulls Ashante the Adonis off the apron. He hits his head on the uh, on the steps, and then Santos rolls under the ring, and Zelina Vega hits B-Fab, takes out all the other members, and then Legato just double-teamed Top Dollar and win. And I thought LA Knight's introduction was a lot more coherent, a lot uh, just a lot more solid than than this one. This one was a little too quick. I don't really know what the difference is between Walking Wild and Cruz del Toro, because they've kind of been in pushed as sort of similar characters on no. NXT. They're, they're not much of individuals, and I was hoping to see a bit more out of that. You just call them twin brothers. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, you're like, ah, replace one with the other. It's not that different. One was DJZ in Impact, so mm-hmm. you can never take that away from him. But you're right. Uh, they haven't been established. 
would you have said to hold off off the match until they were further established? There was like another exchange with them, then do the match? How would you have done it? Maybe, or even just have give them a little bit more time to to wrestle in this one. I just didn't feel like we got enough out of this match to really establish who they were, like establish what their style is, establish what their moves are. Of course, they won with their finish, but I didn't get anything else to this match. All I really got out of it was what their finish is. And I was just hoping for a little bit more. Like if this match was like Mm. six, seven, eight minutes and was a little bit more back and forth, give them a chance to show off some of their high flying stuff. Of course, you got to be careful because they are the heels. You don't want them to do too much exciting stuff and get cheered. And get too over. Yeah. But I think there was a way to do this and have just a little bit more to it. Again, it wasn't bad by any means, but it was just a little too quick for my liking. The way I see it, a feud is dead. Yeah, they just beat I them. I mean, I don't, for me, from my from my point of view, I think you're right. If they wanted to extend it or make it into a meaningful feud, I would have had uh, Legado face a random tag team. Right. Just put, you know, Madcap, you're not doing anything this week. Put him with another baby face and have them lose. And then have Hit Row attack them afterwards, get revenge. And then do a match next week. Or if you want to extend it, um, Legado F up their bus or kidnap B-Fab. If you wanted to extend it, they could have done more. But what I saw was a squash match match akin to that demolition getting beaten up by those two Japanese tag team at WrestleMania. It's like, mm. what are we doing here? We're done. Move on. Dunsky, move on. So in my in my point of view, I don't want to see a rematch. Legado's there. They established against a tag team that's been there for a month. But also, I feel like Hit Row probably weren't trusted to have that sort of match or to go eight minutes. If that's the case, then, then maybe they should go to NXT. If no one's trusting them to give, to have an eight-minute match to establish Joaquin and... and um, I want to call him Mendoza, but I saw his yeah. name Cruz del Toro. Man, they changed his name randomly one day. Yeah, it was strange. He just showed up and was a different guy. No, no, it, it happened in NXT. Yeah, that, I remember. The, the, I was watching at the time. You were watching. I, I thought you were gone by then when, when we started. Because, you know, <laughs> when, when, once you leave NXT, you're like, oh, Yeah, free. you never go back. Oh, my God. This show keeps following me around. Yeah. I'm starting to watch his Booker T. Shucky, ducky, quack, quack. In. <laughs> Yes, continuing on with uh, with this show as opposed to NXT, Sonya Deville was backstage uh, talking some mad trash on Liv Morgan, and Liv just was having none of it. She just beat uh, Sonya down, put her through a table. Sonya got no offense in in this beatdown, and Liv, I actually, I've seen a lot of people say that they didn't like this, and maybe the execution wasn't you know, as thorough as some people would like. I enjoyed seeing that this loss to Ronda Rousey has affected Liv Morgan, like, We've been seeing a lot of tell don't show recently with Liv Morgan where they're saying, oh, she's got no mean streak and, you know, extreme and all these sort of things. But this was one of the moments where they didn't need to tell you too much. They could just show you that she's frustrated. I thought it was an effective segment. Sonya Deville knows MMA, man. And they, yeah, they, had, there's they, had, that. they, they had enough throwing no hands at all. But you know what? Liv channeled her inner Jeff Hardy. She went out that scaffolding and she did her own version of a senton. So I was like, go Liv. But at the same time, Sonya Deville, what are they doing with her? Sonya Deville is kind of like, like, like a symbiote. Like um, you, you ever watched the Venom? And then when you separate Venom away from the symbiote, it's just there. For me, Sonya Deville represents Stephanie McMahon's heat. Mm. She, she's the only heel that can channel a Stephanie McMahon light level of... This, you know, disdain for people because when she was in charge, I was like, Stephanie's not around, but I'm getting <laughs> Stephanie feeling whenever she's in charge. Sonia was doing a part of me feels like she should go back to being an, an official because since mm. she's gone back to the main roster, she has been lost in the shuffle, right? I don't necessarily disagree, 
But I'm happy to not have her ruining Naomi's see, segments see, all see, the time. Because she gave you Stephanie vibes. You felt yeah. like it was Stephanie and the Bellas again when Stephanie just browbeat you and talked down. Yeah, and I like, don't want that to come back. I don't, I don't like it. All right. It's, all right. You're, you're, tr- you're right. I'm Venom. a bit of a masochist. Maybe. Venom. Venom. <laughs> <laughs> what I want here yeah, is for Sonya, you know, what it, what's missing nowadays in wrestling is not every women's wrestler should wrestle. I guess some can be managers. Put her with a guy that needs a, a mouthpiece or a woman. I mean, because she's very much a woman's woman. Just put her with a, have a be a mouthpiece for a woman. Or I thought put, they were doing that with Shayna, like at the beginning of the year. They were kind of like a duo there until they just stopped. And I didn't like that. Shayna, Shayna, I like Shayna's like uh, teenage bully voice. I don't need anyone to talk talk for her. I like when she talks. I'm like, oh, it's like Cartoon Network. She sounds like a bully. <laughs> it's going to pull the wedgie. Um, no, um, I think the Sonya... I, I was waiting for... I'm waiting for the draft. I thought when the draft happens, there'll be some course correction. Look at Rey mm-hmm. Mysterio. Look at the course correction. You're sick of your son beating you up? Come to SmackDown. Your son's not beating you up anymore. You're not going to be wrestling a guy that looks like a, a, a jacked up version of your son. He's going to chop the heck out of your chest, cave it in, and make you bleed, probably. That's like a Vince thing. When he got his head squashed by Great Carly. Yeah. That was a different time and era. Holy smokes. But speaking of Rey Mysterio, because that's what's up next. We had the fatal four-way number one contendership match for the Intercontinental Championship. And it was supposed to be Sheamus, uh, Ricochet, Solo Sokoa, and Karrion Cross, But they announced that Karrion Cross wouldn't be able to compete because of the injuries he suffered earlier in his little car accident. How? Was he driving recklessly? That's what I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe, you know what? I was thinking someone attacked him. What if Karrion Cross's gimmick is he's a bad driver? Never know. TikToking. He was spam. Until until we hear some answer. That's as good an answer as I've heard. Or maybe Scarlett was driving and she's a bad driver. I don't know. Or maybe someone's a bad driver and all this. You don't get into the vehicle and crashed. There's so many outcomes because we got nothing. And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of scared that they may gloss over that fact next week. Is mm-hmm. A car accident. How? Doesn't matter. No, all that matters is Drew tried to beat him up afterwards. Mm. But... The announcement that he wouldn't be able to compete meant that he would be replaced by Rey Mysterio. And holy hell, I don't think I have ever seen a match so what so immediately get like a hundred point restoration just by replacing one guy with another guy. That's not to say that Karrion Cross is terrible by any means, because I do think that there is some charm to his work. But oh my god, I saw this and, and I was laughing. I was like, Rey Mysterio is in this match? This match is going to be awesome. And this match probably would have been awesome no matter what because there's good workers in this match for sure. But I thought they did a really good job in this match of pairing everybody off with mm. their best ideal opponents because mm-hmm. Sheamus and Solo Sokoa had a more brawling style and then Rey Mysterio and Ricochet were reigniting some of that Lucha Underground history and they were having, and I actually repeated one of the moves as well, but they managed to do the more high-flying stuff. And they did a little bit of swapping in and out of these sort of things, of course, because it was a four-way. So it wasn't just two singles matches happening. But that was the bulk of the action here. Mm. And eventually, Sheamus looks like he's in control. And then Sami Zayn and Jey Uso come out and pull him out of the ring, make it so that he can't win. They're beating him up two-on-one. Jey Uso goes down to beat him up. Sami Zayn beats him up. Jey Uso kind of throws Sami Zayn off. So there's still a little bit of bickering and back and forth going on there. But then the brawling brutes come out. 
They fight with the rest of the bloodline. All of that is taken out of the equation, allowing Rey Mysterio to spike Ricochet with like a Hurricane Rana pile driver type deal. It was awesome. And that set up the 619 and the splash. And Rey Mysterio won this match, and he is going to face Walter for the Intercontinental Championship. I could not be more excited for this match. The Ring General. Gunter. It's Gunter. It's Walter. Walter, Walter had a family pack. Gunter's got abs. He's got I six pack. Care. I don't care. Still Walter. Walter had a Walter. family. Gunter's got Jenny. Jenny? Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny. This is so exciting to me because they're, they're on so many levels. Like, I love Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And since coming back in, like, 2018, he's done very little like, he's done a little bit here and there. He's, like, U.S. champion. He'd have, like, some really good matches with Andrade on SmackDown a few years ago. But for the most part, the Seth Rollins feud lasted so long, and it reintroduced, you know, Dominic Mysterio, and then all of Rey Mysterio's efforts have just been involving Dominic Mysterio, which, unfortunately, has only been to a certain level because of what they were capable of. And now we're getting Rey Mysterio, the singles wrestler, again. And he can just go out, and if he's... Given any sort of push, he doesn't even need to win all these big matches, but just be portrayed as the legend that he is. That is an exciting, an exceptionally exciting first step. And then having him go up against one of the best wrestlers in the world and Walter is a great next step. I I agree with everything you said, but you're glossing over the fact that he's a former tag team champion with his son. And also, he hasn't been as humiliated as he was in his first run. When you think of him still's first run. I mean, I don't know. He was getting cocked. He was uh, not cocked. That's the wrong word to use about your daughter. That's terrible. Well, he had to watch. You uh, he got no, he, <laughs> he, had, he had to watch Buddy Murphy uh, hook up with his daughter. What and, is? And he's got a he's got to watch uh, Seth Rollins take a kendo stick to his eye, and there was a lot wrong in all of that. There were a lot of humiliating parts of this, where you could just have Rey Mysterio be like this living legend character. Ah, and seeing how he's treated everywhere else, like if Rey Mysterio went to an indie promotion or when he did his short little run in New Japan or when he wrestled it all in, like every one of those examples was unbelievable. People giving him a standing ovation when he gets in the ring with certain opponents. That's the kind of energy that I want to see from Rey Mysterio in WWE. Well, let's just wait and see what Paul Levesque does with him on SmackDown. I'm excited. Because you could argue that he took over a storyline that was long, you know, it was steering like straight ahead so you couldn't stop it. So now that he's put a little bit of a reset, because now it looks like Rey Mysterio and Dominic will not be wrestling with each other. No father and son match because we heard not at the moment the backstage news, you know, innuendo was the Rey Mysterio didn't had no interest in wrestling his son. He's like, all right, turn him heel, but I don't want to wrestle him. We'll see. I I would bet they'll wrestle WrestleMania or something like that. But you think? I you, think so. You think you had an idea they might be Royal Rumble? Well, they'll have some sort of like showdown in the Royal Rumble. One will eliminate the other or something like that, and it'll build to WrestleMania. If I had if I had to guess, I don't think Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio are in the in the same company for this long. Prince don't Mysterio. Wrestle. Don't wrestle at WrestleMania. Put the mask on Dominic. That's what I want. Because Rey Mysterio can't tease that in the interview. Yeah, my son's going to become Prince Mysterio. I've been waiting for two years for this, by the way. Two years. Every, I'm looking for a little crumb. I'm like, you know, people talk about Bray Wyatt promo. I've been looking at Rey Mysterio and Dominic uh, story, and I'm like, is it now? After the <laughs> feud with Judgment Day is over, is Rey Mysterio going to give Dominic his mask? But nope. No Prince Mysterio. No. 
No, unfortunately not. Not yet anyway. But that was SmackDown because then we had the main event, which we've already spoken about. I thought that that was a very enjoyable show. I thought it was one of the best episodes of SmackDown that we have had in the Triple H era or the whole year for that matter. I don't know if it was as good as when they had the the five-way match for the Intercontinental number one contendership because that show was awesome. But this was also a great show. You'll see in the edited review when it comes out, but I gave this a five out of five. I thought this was a tremendous show between the Bray Wyatt stuff and this four-way match, the opener with Sami Zayn and all the bloodline advancement. There was a lot to like on this show. I'm with you as well. Five out of five because it made me feel something. That that promo from Bray Wyatt, it goes to show you why it was a great reason to bring him back. There were some detractors that said that. Why they bring him back? This guy has spooky promos and he stinks up the joint and has one-star matches. But, you know, he showed you he's got more to offer. And I, for one, here, LIW quarters, we cannot wait to see what happens next. So make sure you tune into this podcast next week where we get to find out what happens with Bray Wyatt next. But let's get into Rampage next, which was also a pretty good show. We started off with Mox and Claudio in the ring against Butcher and Blade. No entrances, which is a damn crime. I don't want to harp on this show too much because this was a better episode of uh, of Rampage than, than we've gotten most of the time recently. But... I feel like Moxley's entrance is one you kind of need to have on TV. He's your world champion, and he's got one of the most over entrances. That and the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny got a very big Toronto pop with the Bunny and the Blade being from there. So, I don't know. I would have figured out a way to edit that in. But regardless, uh, during this match, the Bunny saved uh, the bu- uh, the Bunny saved the Blade, and this led to the Butcher getting in the ring and getting the heat. And that distracted the referee and all that fun stuff. And then Claudio eventually saved Mox mid-move. And that got a huge standing ovation as the two teams just kind of stood opposite each other. They had a hockey fight spot. It was a lot of fun. Claudio and Mox win. And then after the match, they cut a, a little dual promo where they basically just said, do we care who we fight? No. You know, etc. Blackpool Combat Club. Very fun stuff. As Hangman Page watched on backstage. Uh, Claudio, you lost your world title. Do you want it back? That would be a good question, you know. Did he seem quite caught up about it? Mm. No? Mm. He just seemed more excited about cutting the promo with Mox than attacking Jericho later on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where, where any of this goes. I would, yeah. Yeah, it's what it is. Because Moxley, we know what he's doing next, but what is Claudio doing next? That yeah. is the, my question. Because it kind of teased that whole FTR thing and, and you know, Utah and Claudio, but we had no follow-up there. And now it seems like they've moved FTR to a different feud. They're like, no, 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 no. King, you know, the, the people that come at the end, they're, they're going to probably wrestle them instead. So Claudio, do you want... Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. Maybe Claudio goes for the pure title. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Just grasping at straws yeah. here, honestly. Uh, Swerve and Keith are backstage and Swerve is being heelish and talking about beating Billy Gunn and Keith says yeah but you had to cheat in order to do it I don't know man seems like you're swerving into the wrong lane and he walked off and everyone went oh I don't know if these guys are going to break up I would probably guess that they will and Eventually. that kind of saddens me a little bit because I love these two together but that being said I don't know that they'll go this direction, but I would literally put the world title on Swerve Strickland. I think he is like, he has so much top guy potential. He just needs to be put in the position to be the top guy. He he would be my world champion if I had a wrestling company. I agree with you, man. Like Swerving, Swerving on Glory, I'm glad we got a tag title run out of it, but you don't want a Wojo situation where, where you got two guys together and it's like, what are you doing with them? 
pairing. Yeah. So it's I, weird. There's just not enough TV time for everybody. And if you put these two guys together and that makes it only one segment to get them both on TV it as makes, opposed to mo- it uh, works. many of them. Yeah. It worked for a while. And then uh, it's hard because I'm with you. You could still keep them as a tag team, but then it would be a detriment to their development as yeah. characters on AEW because the the built-in fan base they had and so forth, they can only carry them so far. It's kind of like, what's the hype about? We start to see with Swerve what the hype is about. Uh, Keith Lee has showed flashes of what made him great everywhere mm. else. Let's just lean more into that. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, next, we had the Dark Order backstage. All of these segments are uh, interviewed by Renee Paquette, which makes me very happy. Toronto's that's, finest. Yeah, to definitely rinse it. Like, listen, we hired her. We'll have to put much put her in every possible. segment. Yeah. Put her in Lexi, every segment. man, take a vacation. Go chill with W. Morrissey. Just chill. <laughs> <laughs> no, Renee Paquette is fantastic. And she's interviewing the Dark Order, talking to them about how they feel having lost the Trios Championship match last week. They say they're disappointed. And Jose, the assistant, comes up to talk to 10, and they say, Oh, we've been chasing you around for for months. You know, come join us in 10. It's like, you, leave me alone. You've been doing this for too long. Leave me alone. I'm going to beat Roosh next week, and then you're going to leave us alone. And then he wanders off, and they all put the claws in the middle, and an extra hand comes in. And they pan out, and it's Stu Grayson has made his return to AEW, saying that he wouldn't be gone in Canada, which is funny, considering he didn't wrestle on these shows. But... Regardless, Stu Grayson to me is like the best worker in the Dark Order. He is. You know, outside of like, you know, Hangman Page is the the leader and the most over man in the group. Like Stu Grayson is so good. I am shocked that we didn't get Stu Grayson versus Brian Danielson last year when they were building up for the Brian Danielson Hangman Page match. Like that is an instant classic waiting to happen. And I'm just crossing my fingers that we're going to get that match. So only Khan's lucky that Triple H didn't pick up Stu Grayson when he had the chance because he's busy getting his house in order. But yeah, <laughs> that's one guy they should have never left in the first place. I mean, the Dark Order is built off the back of Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. The way mm-hmm. they act like, you know what, Uno, you got some cachet. Grayson, uh, there's too many bold people to pick apart. Are, are you a tall version of Alan Angel? I'm confused. I don't know how I leave. We've got silver. But I'm, I'm glad that he's back. And I'm hoping that this time they do him, you know, they do him justice. Unless he's he's on he's on some sort of like tiered deal that mm. AEW likes to do. Like if you wrestle, if you appear in Canada, we put you on screen. I don't know. It's a hell of a clause to to keep in something like this. But I'm glad to have him back. He's a wonderful addition to this roster. We then had the Jericho Appreciation Society coming out for a promo segment. They all come out and they hype up Daniel Garcia, who says that Brian Danielson taught him to have heart, but Chris Jericho taught him how to win. And he said that he will never be a pro wrestler. He will always be a sports entertainer. I'm kind of over this whole thing, you know? Like, I feel like we've missed the peak of this storyline, and I don't know if it's going to end soon. It's, It's the end. That's sure. I assume it's the end. Yeah. I assume that like in a week or two we're gonna get Jericho and Dan and uh Daniel Garcia against Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. Like, yeah, that's what that's what I mean. I mean like they, So it's still going though. No, I meant like the will they won't they portion the storyline of Well maybe. You might be right there. No, no, it, it has it has to be. This 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 is why I said it okay. This is what I'm willing to say. <laughs> It's done because they had a chance and they blew it and no one will go back to cheer for a guy that is a bit wishy-washy. So he put his stamp down. He's a sports entertainer. Now leave him alone, okay? Don't tell him you'll be great in the Blackpool, um, Blackpool con- con- uh, Combat Club or Content Club. He doesn't want to be an Eva. 
He wants to be a sports entertainer. So leave him alone. So that's what I'm trying to say. That portion is done. He's Daniel Garcia, sports entertainer. Like William Regal said, we need more guys like Garcia to sharpen up guys like Willie Utah. If they took on Willie Utah and they took on uh, Lee Moriarty, there's no young guys for them to fight. There would be some weird infighting thing going on with the group. So you need some guys for them to fight. And yeah. We don't want you in, in the Blackpool Content Club either, Daniel Garcia. Not true at all. We'd love to have you. Uh, but this whole segment really kicked off when Jericho starts talking about how he wants to beat every former world champion in Ring of Honor and who should come out but Dalton Castle and the boys. Now, Dalton Castle has been on AEW programming a few times, hasn't gotten a ton to do. He's had his match against Jonathan Gresham at the Battle of the Belts, but in general, hasn't gotten a lot of time to show who Dalton Castle is outside of like a vignette here and there. But oh my God, did he cut a promo on this night? He came out and he was just full of charisma. He was calling Jericho a silly goose. And he starts talking about how he's got peacock power and all of the lights in the building are running off the electricity that's in his veins. And he broke his back for the ROH World Championship. And he would break Jericho's back to get it back. And Ooh, I love this so much. I can't believe that a major promotion has not latched on to Dan, uh, Dalton Castle. Now, of course, I do think that has a lot to do with the fact that he's not the same wrestler he was like five years ago when he was the ROH World Champion, which is so, so sad because he was so unbelievably charismatic and so talented before that back injury. And the back injury really did derail his run as ROH World Champion. He can still have a good match, but he is just charisma personified. I don't exaggerate. The Dalton Castle you see now is kind of like if you saw Brian Pillman as the as a loose cannon in 97, but never saw Flying Brian. You, just, mm. you only see half of what was good about him. Still charismatic. Still charismatic. Can't, can't go the yes, same way. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. the example I'm going with. Because this guy, because Chris Jericho is charismatic, but he, he he's, Dalton Castle's charisma blew everyone away. I'm yeah. sorry. like Everyone looks stale in comparison. Dalton Castle for me, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for because they have him. And I'm like, fans, you do not know what you, you have in this guy. This guy is supposed to be in the biggest uh, scale. We talked about in the office, why didn't Triple H sign him when he used to sign all these RH guys? Maybe because the back injury probably happened around that time. But that guy would have was a, is a ready-made sports entertainer. That is a sports entertainer. That, is, that man is a sports entertainer, and he is very sports entertaining. Can't wait to see their match next week. It should be very good. Uh, the other title match that we'll be getting next week is Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm for the interim, interim women's world title. They did a little vignette backstage double promo deal. And then we got Nyla Rose versus Anna Jay, which was kind of a weird double heel match. Nia, Nia, uh, Nyla Rose is still... She's the baby face sort of in this feud. Maybe maybe she's not even the baby face in this feud with Jade Cargill because she's stolen Jade's property. Ooh. But yeah, that's 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 a criminal uh, offense. You shouldn't do that. Uh, but this match didn't have a whole lot of heat. The fans didn't really know who they were supposed to cheer for. I didn't know who I was supposed to cheer for. Nyla eventually won with a, uh, a beast bomb after a lot of choking spots from, from Anna Jay. And then after the match, Vicky Guerrero held up a sign that said 1-0. and That was funny. That was funny. But I'm not... I, I said this last week. I don't really like the I stole your belt, I'm the champion thing. It's just like it's... I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of lame. But the the... Stealing the winning streak gimmick is is fun. I like that bit. Yeah. Jade and the baddies came out, and they beat up the security guards that Nyla had set up. Jade hit a pump kick that, that that security guard that she hit is dead. 
Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go to your funeral. It was the most beautiful pump kick I've ever seen. Fantastic stuff. But then somehow in the melee, Nyla Rose and company just sneaked by with the title. And then they're like, where'd she go? And they looked up the ramp and it's like, well, I guess we won't chase you actually. But it was whatever. It was a fine little match. But it was, it was not, ex- not the best. It was executed well. I feel like, cause you did see Jade was, it wasn't a case of like Jade did this and pretending she didn't see him. She was legit uh, occupied with the security mm-hmm. guards and they kind of snuck off doing the whole melee. That, that's good. It, it, it needs a storyline because the whole Jade undefeated streak is not boring, but it's like you have to add little wrinkles to it because now it seems like Jade's now becoming more of a tweener. Mm. Yeah, there was an interesting bit here where, like, obviously Jade got a, a big pop coming out because she was, you know, she's the biggest star in this in this segment. But it's weird. I don't really know what the direction is for either person because you've got Nyla wrestling another heel, so you'd think maybe she's the babyface in this mm. situation. But then Jade's coming out to be like the defiant babyface to get her get her property back. I don't know who I'm supposed to cheer for, but maybe I'll find out. I'll you, give them a little bit. I of know who we're cheering for. We just cheer for the belt. Whoever holds the belt has the power to cheer for that person. Just like old TNA when they, all the belts had power. Uh, Ari Davari says that uh, the the envelope that Hook ripped up last week uh, had $50,000 in it because he wanted to buy the FTW title. And now because he didn't accept that offer, he's just going to beat him for it. So Ari Davari is going to fight Hook. I think that'll be a pretty good match. I'm looking forward to it. And then we got Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy, which honestly was kind of like a squash match too. This was really short. Ethan Page, of course, from uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. So just outside of Toronto, wanted to get him a a hometown quote-unquote pop. And yeah, not much to this one. Uh, The guys, the firm kind of got in Matt Hardy's face on the outside. And then Ethan Page hit the twist of fate in the ego's edge to beat Isaiah Cassidy. The firm now has the control over Matt Hardy and private party and their contracts. I don't really care for this storyline. It's fine, but they're going a little too hard with the contract tampering thing. And I feel like it is just thinly veiled shots at WWE, but in storyline form. And I'm not a big fan of when they do that. It is. But also, if you're a Matt Hardy fan, it gives Matt Hardy some screen time. Because as we all know, since Jeff Hardy has been in rehab and so forth, Matt Hardy has been stuck in limbo land Mm -hmm. to the point where he's like, you know what? I had a tag team once that I was, you know, latched on for TV time for. Yeah, where are them? I, I, let's I, do I, it again. Let's do it again. Uh, Hardy party. That was a thing, apparently. And then they're like, yeah, sure. Why not? We need TV time, too. So, yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah. At the very least, we might be able to get some storyline progression out of Matt Hardy and private party as opposed to just whatever. This, this is, is bizarre because when Stokely first came into AEW, one of the people that I wanted him paired with was a heel uh, private party. Mm. I feel like put That's Stokely fun. with them. Yeah. Tag team titles galore because, yeah, you know, in terms of backstage uh, backstage uh, segments and interest and thrusting, they're funny. But when it comes to promos, they're still not there yet. And Stokely would be a great hype man for those two guys. But now they're stuck in some sort of Hercules uh, Hernandez contract situation with Million Dollar Man Teddy Biasi. Yeah. Have that reference. Hell of a reference, indeed. Uh, Best friends are all in the stairwell, and Orange Cassidy's got his belt, and they say that they want a trios title match on Dynamite. They're going to get it. That should also be very good. Feels like we've seen this match quite a bit lately, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Oh, will they win? Will they win? Maybe. Honestly, like, I... It's time. I feel like these trios titles need, like, a 
define and of course it would have been with the elite before everything that happened there but i feel like the trios titles need a defining early run someone who just puts their stamp on it and be like this is what a great run looks like with best friends titles. it has to be best friends because yeah. they're now further away from the tag titles than like, i don't know a few years ago they can't they can't go oh trent broke his neck again that's why we can't do it trent seems to be healthy mm-hmm. this time Give him the trios title because it, it seems like it was designed for guys like them. I'm happy Death Triangle's had a run with it because I feel like it's either Death Triangle or Best Friends. They've been the longest trios uh, AEW's had besides mm. the Elite. So give the titles to Best Friends. I don't care if it's for a month. At least they can, they can put it on their resume. They've been champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It, it would be nice to see the Best Friends. And they've got the most cool. members. How you, don't, how you don't win and you got the most members? It does, for me, it never makes sense. Do you know what I mean? If if a, if a group's got like four or five, Dark Order's another uh, one. That it, there's there's a lot of members. How how you guys lose all the time? There's more of you guys. Mm-hmm. That's that's a gripe I have now. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. If there's five guys, they'd be able to to, to cheat against two guys. How's two guys or three guys are smart? You are good. They're good boys. No, they're not good. They got dark at the name. There's there's nothing good about being dark. Oh, unless you're dark skin. Oh, oh no, <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, we then had the main event trios match of the Pinnacle, FTR, and Sean Spears against the Embassy, Brian Cage, and the Gates of Agony. Sean Spears was over big with his knockoff Ty Dillinger music. It was yeah. very eerily similar. His wannabe Ty Dillinger. Listen up, man. They Sean really look Spears, similar. You yeah. know Ty Dillinger, okay? Stop stealing his perfect 10 gimmick. Wherever you are, Ty Dillinger, probably in Hawaii somewhere with, with, uh, <laughs> with Peyton Royce. But uh, this was a fun little match. Uh, Prince Nana got on the apron and distracted the ref. Uh, Sean Spears got uh, choke slammed on the apron for the heat. And Sean Spears eventually hit the C4 for the win. And afterwards, they were interrupted by the kingdom. My favorite. <laughs> Wait, that's sarcasm. Uh, a little bit. I'm not the biggest fan right, of Matt you know David. What? But I do like, if I'm going to like, the same way that I, when I, I like The Miz when it's The Miz and Morrison. I like Matt Taven when it's Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Bingo. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. When Matt Taven became ROH champion, that's when I dipped. I was like, you made Jay Lee for lose to this guy. Mm-hmm. You make him win at Madison Square Garden. I'm out. Pretty much. Pretty much. But they, they came out and they said that they were uh, like F, uh, Ring of Honor was built on their backs. Facts. Uh, I mean, to a certain extent. What? They, were a little, they were a little late to that party, but there was an era there where the kingdom was, you know, kind of the the rulers of the tag division, them and the Briscoes and everything. But regardless, Maria Kanellis is is cutting the promo for them. I'm very happy to see her in AEW finally. I feel like that's a fun fit. And honestly, I think they would have been there earlier if uh, if Tony had bought ROH before the kingdom went to Impact. It probably would have seen them. But regardless, they said that they were the top guys and FTR had yet to face them. So they're very clearly building to that match. This led to all the ROH people all getting involved together. FTR was fighting, getting beaten down by the embassy. And then the kingdom went to the ring and the war Joe came out. I could see possibly at full gear them doing like a four way tag for the tag titles here Mm. with war Joe FTR. I hate that tag team. I think they're fun together. Doesn't they're make big. sense. Doesn't make sense. That's like Batista uh, switched from Triple H and starts teaming up with, I don't know, Rhino for, for no reason. Just doesn't make sense. It just, it doesn't make sense. When they they're come out, I'm, I, I did the Lex Luger. I don't know. Like, where's this going? Like, where? Okay. Yeah, they're a tag team. Why? They're a tag they're team. They're both big. B- yeah, they're big. They're big. But... Where's it heading? Uh, is one going to turn on the other? Samoa Joe is usually the heelish one. 
But I hope, okay, that happens because right now I see two guys who are holding similar titles for two different companies teaming up because, again, we need TV time and they just team people up. It's entirely possible. I would like to see the TNT title defended on pay-per-view more, but I, right? could, I could see these four teams involved in a four-way tag title match, maybe at full gear, and then maybe do like FTR versus the Kingdom 2-on-2 at Final Battle, if they ever want to announce that show, but something like that. I don't know when you figure in uh, Claudio and, and Wheeler Yuta into all of this. I don't know if they're even going to bother with that, but regardless, that was the end of Rampage. I will recommend everybody go and watch Sean Spears' post, uh, post-show promo, however. I believe it's been put on YouTube, but it's all over Twitter and it's easy enough to find. But he cuts an incredible babyface promo for this live crowd, talking about why he's been gone, talking about losing his mother over the last few months, but being able to tell his mother on Mother's Day that he's going to be a father. And he put over everybody in the ring. He did such a fantastic job and was happy to be back. I Love this promo. This promo made me believe in baby faces again, and it capped off my Rampage experience, and I thought this was a pretty damn fun Rampage, all things considered. I just want to say something. I feel like Sean Spears, I saw in Sean Spears what Dusty Rose saw in him. He's fundamentally sound, underrated on the mic. You had Sean Spears, and then you you had, what's the, what's the other guy named? Brian Cage. So these are two guys that are accused of being charisma vacuum. One smoked the other. You, how you have Prince Nana and you cut him off and then you got Brian Cage. There's a reason why they don't let you talk. Do not interrupt <laughs> Prince Nana. But yeah, Sean Spears, I feel like the only reason why he never succeeded in WWE or in the biggest stage in wrestling is because Randy Orton came before him. Because <laughs> you think about it, he's like a Randy Orton mode, you know, great body, fundamentally sound, good looking guy, good looking guy can be charismatic when they want to be because it's not always a switch on. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. He doesn't have what they call the physical charisma. You have to give him a mic like, oh, you're quite funny, blah, blah, blah. I feel like Sean Spears, that guy, because they got Randy Orton, he's like, you don't need a Canadian Randy Orton. That's what Sean Spears is. Interesting. Very interesting. But regardless, let's hear what you thought. Actually, hang on. There's a there's a step before that that I step I usually forget step. about. Hang on. What's the date today? It's the 15th. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That means we've got some very special people that we need to give a shout out to. Those being our $25 and above pledge hammers over on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk, you can get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this. So thank you to... Manipulating Manny Umaria. How do you like them apples? Marcel Durer. Marcus, he's got soul, Campbell. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. He's got two first names, Matt Howard. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Max Kurt Wallander Wallen. Michael Jensen Radio. No M's, no M's. Michael Mark for Life Plowman. Yeah. NJ Hornsburg. Yeah. This is some kind of Patreon shoutout. Nate dropped surname. Yeah. And the Batsman, Nathan Batty. Yeah. Thank you again to all of our $25 and above uh, Patreon backers over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Patreon. If you want to have your own wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this, you go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Subscribe at the $25 and above tier and you will get it read out on one of these fine shows going forward. 
And I will remember to turn off the Hall of Fame music this time because I also often make that mistake. So, getting into the rest of your Ultra Chats, this will be the final call for Ultra Chats. Make sure you get any of your final thoughts in to russeltalk.com forward slash support. Just like Brandon Rosin on the topic of Bray Wyatt, of course, saying, what if it's not a split personality thing? What if it's a Bray Wyatt fan who took his messages too far and created a faction that Bray cannot control? In storyline, if Bray changed his ways, this could be a way to book a match without the Hocus Pocus. Interesting theory, I suppose. Kind of like all the people that dressed up as Batman in the Dark Knight when yeah. Joker started uh, picking them yeah, off. Yes, 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 yes. That's a, that's a, that's a good reference. Um, I hope not because I can see people crapping on that. Yeah, I could too. I think I, I think there are potentially better ways of, of doing this. Uh, in but. terms of being the first feud, no. Because I think you want his first feud to be one where you establish what he's about. Mm-hmm. And only later on he pays for the sins of the past if he's still on that good guy uh, crusade. It'll be it'll be interesting for sure. Project Worm says Bray Wyatt's first feud is against himself. Just hook it into my veins. So he's on board with this idea. Tyrone Kidd says I love this Wyatt from the Brody light in the in the beginning to his idea that he's fighting himself. I think the Wyatt family will be actual family with Bo and Liv. Maybe Bo is the alter ego. Also, do you think the swerve turn will lead to a big match like? It cuts off after that, like versus, I hope so. I hope I see Swerve against the entire roster, whether that's Swerve and uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, all of the above. I want to see him Lee. wrestle. And Keith, Keith Lee, Lee, I want to see him wrestle the entire roster 10 times over, honestly. Uh, and then we've got Rob Buck saying, I want Dominic to travel to SmackDown and get him off my show. After Ray refuses to fight him, Judgment Day beats him down and Dominic unmasks his father. The ultimate disrespect in the final straw for Ray as his son spits on his legacy and, and what put food on the table. That's interesting. I mean, you kind of would think that the, the mask would be lost in a match considering that's kind of more, you know, historically mm-hmm. what, what the, the, the deal is in in lucha libre but hey if you want to get to that match somehow that's one way to do it i don't understand your hate for dominic i, I feel he's quite decent is he not a decent wrestler no what no am i missing something are we watching the same tv screen he does his moves well no uh, the, no what the, guys um tweet me your reasons why you don't like dominic because we chat, have to keep the show going chat, do you think dominic mysterio no, is a good wrestler but why why i think if you gave him a mask and you your mind would change you'd be like oh that looks like psychosis in the ring He's i like, don't think so personally but we'll see maybe one day uh, Rob Buck continues by saying, this episode is why I love wrestling. Gets pe- get pepper sprayed in the face and lose a match. Attempted murder. Bray wants to keep changing his character. He's the real Majora's Mask. Great reference. Love this stuff and love hearing you guys. Thank you very much, Rob. We appreciate your support. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, says, hello, Tempest. Hello, Sat. I hope you wonderful people are fine. And if and if not, fear not. You're going to get Gunther versus Rey Mysterio soon. I can assure you Gunther himself is a happy man now. Very certain about that. What is your honest opinion on Sarah Logan being back? I think we kind of touched on it already. We're excited. It's a new wrinkle to add to the Viking Raiders. And Valhalla awaits. They're, they're adding female members, even if you don't need to add them. They just had them and integrated already. But... Female members and male 
members of these factions are kind of the thing on SmackDown right now, whether that be, you know, Legato mm. or Hit Row. Yes. It gives people something to do for a lot more different reasons this way. Why so I you, like that. Why don't you have a member of Legato? Wait, did she get lost or somewhere? Yeah. What's her name again? I forgot her name. Electra Lopez. That's it. They lost her in custody. Is it? Is it listen, if JS can have two female members, LDF can have two members too. That's a very good point. Uh, on the topic of Rampage, Hannah Allen says, AEW does seem a little unsure about itself. Jericho, however, is back to his best work with his ROH, ROJ stuff. It's giving us Dalton Castle. Yes, effing please. The promise of highlighting some of the missing ROH talent is really exciting. Hashtag silly little goose. I'm really looking forward to seeing who Jericho might get a chance to wrestle as a former Ring of Honor World Champions, because that is a very good list. I don't know how many they'll be able to get and how long this run will be, but that is a, a recipe for good matches. I Do you think say. they can get Nigel McGuinness cleared to wrestle? Probably I mean, not. Apparently his memory is like really bad and that's scary, really, you know, but I mean, if, if he could, if he was healthy enough and his health wasn't a concern, yeah, I want Nigel McGuinness to, to wrestle, but. Because doesn't hepatitis have like a 10 year lifespan? So I think yeah, it's gone sure. by now. I think it's gone by now. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of concussion problems too. And that, those are scary things. Right? Ah, man. He's had 10 years. Look, like Danielson to chill over 10 years. I, mean, I, I think Nigel's concussions were worse than Danielson. They were headbutting those posts really hard. Why? I don't know. Don't headbutt posts. Yeah, uh, watch that Liverpool match. That is, that is fantastic. Stuff, Murder. <laughs> She wrote. <laughs> Nick Corvello says, one thing I really liked about Rampage was Hikaru Shida's promo. I'm really glad AEW gave her a good amount of time for her tape promo, and she was allowed to talk about her year-long reign, and AEW has been listening because she made the comparison to Mox. That was a very good point. Mm -hmm. I like this promo a lot. Obviously, we're kind of rushing through to get to the end of this show. But yeah, Hikaru Shida, I think, has been one of the most underrated people in AEW, and that comes from having like a year-long reign as women's champion. But... She's fantastic. I like her a lot. Uh, Cassidy Delaney says, hi, lads. I just need to say I'm so happy to see that we're getting Dal uh, Dalton versus Y2J. When Dalton's music hit, I literally jumped for joy. I also love how over he is. Uh, dude got a goose chant going. I, I know he won't win, but I really want him to. Yeah, I hope it's not a one-time thing that we see more of him on TV. And yeah, I like his knockoff Radio Gaga theme. Yeah. It makes me... I, I hear it. I'm like, that's not his original theme, but it feels like he had this theme his, his whole life. I, I love it. And it's, it's perfect. And the entrance, the way he saunters out, man, that's TikTok worthy. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, apparently a poll in the chat for whether Dominic Mysterio is good. So we'll make sure to get that at the end. Uh, Kevin has donated to say, I'm with Sat. When Shayna first came in from NXT, I had strong teenage bully vibes. She reminded me of the girl that kept bullying Lisa in The Simpsons, but then got stopped with some so with some salad sauce. <laughs> yes. Simpson reference. Yeah, lives here. Very good. Very good. And Cassidy Delaney also donates to say, I must say I'm so stoked uh, to see the Super Smash Brothers are back. That, of course, being Stu Grayson and Eva Luno for the uninitiated. When, mm. Stu, and, when Stu came in, I shouted, Stu! Super glad to see him back. Also, Adam now has more of his boyfriends with him. It's great to see the kingdom. Let's hope we see them do stuff together. Ooh, Very good point. You know what? They can finally do that. <laughs> it was an undisputed elite feud, but just put kingdom in instead. Indeed. So, the poll here, the poll of is Dom a good wrestler, 66% say no, he's not a good wrestler. Yo, so, just haters! 
Unfortunately, Sat, the people do not agree with you. But that will do it for this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. You'll get them next time. Explain buddy. to me on Twitter, guys. I don't know why, man. Make me see why I don't see what, what you guys see. I don't see it. We appreciate you all very much for tuning into this Wrestle Talk podcast. We will, of course, be back next week with our review of Raw, AEW Dynamite on a different day, mind you. AEW podcast coming Wednesday next week as opposed to Thursday because of the change to Tuesday. Otherwise, all of your regular content will be on the regular days. We thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you all. Good night and jam that jam. Jam it! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 